Change the face of your weddings, parties, family and social gatherings or any form of event with services from Jay's Cakes and Floral Institute. Your number one one-stop shop in the provision of catering services, decor and event management. Jay's Cakes and Floral Institute also caters for your child's future career with an excellent teaching and practical training in cake techniques, decor, floral arrangement, bridal makeup and event management. With an SHS or JHS qualification, you can enroll at Jay's Case and Floral Institute for a successful career in the culinary art industry, leading to an MVTI certificate upon completion. Locate Jay's Cakes and Floral Institute at Adringano School Junction. You can also call for your special orders and enquiries on 0208-888-044 and on the World Wide Web on www.jscakesinstitute.com. Jay's Cakes and Floral Institute, your place of excellence and innovation. No more contention. No more struggle. No more challenges. No more battle. Because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle. And God said after today, you shall rest from your battle. The battle of your marriage, the battle of your business, the battle of your finances, the battle of your sickness, the battle of your shame, the battle of your disgrace, the battle of your setback, the battle of the pains you don't want to forget. God said you will rest from your battle. And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. Have you ever wondered, people can get accident, and people think everybody's there, then one person will come out. In critical time, that is where your work speaks for you. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says that the works of men shall go through fire. And it shall be tested and be proven. Church, in the kingdom, our works are tried by fire. Affliction, pest, persecution. Can you stand when you face the challenge or you run away? How deep are you? Christianity is not bread and butter. It's a give and take. Hello. I'm being blessed here. Hezekiah had 15 more days and has a healing. Because his works are there to show. He said, I walk before you with an upright heart. I have served you diligently. Why can't he say? And, and, and Luke 7 said, they said, the man whom you should do this is deserving. Jesus said, why? He said, because he has, he loved our nation and he has built us a synagogue. If you should go to God in prayer today and God said, for one reason or that, I'm not going to do that which I'm saying I'm going to do for you. Do you have a strong case enough to convince God? Look at my sacrifice. Look at what I have done. What is there for you to point out as your service to convince God? I leave that for you to think about. But if you all see that it's our father's house and that we are going to receive reward for what we do, I don't need anybody to tell me. I'll run to come and do it. Even when the door is locked, I'll stand behind the door until it's open. And I'll do it. Because I am doing it as unto the Lord and not unto man. Listen to me, the blessings of God is everywhere, but the blessings of God only comes through our service to him. Commitment. How committed are you? 
How can you sacrifice for the things of God? Can you be counted on if nobody is there? Can it be said that, oh, if we don't even have anybody, as for this one, when you even call him at the midnight, he will appear. And I can rely on him. There's difference between availability and reliability. You can be available, but not reliable. But you need to be reliable and not available. Because kingdom is looking for reliable people and not available people. The next thing of the kingdom mindset or the kingdom culture that we need to cultivate is bedding for the kingdom work. We have to be bedding for the kingdom work. Wherever we are working, wherever we are doing, wherever we are in our businesses, in everything, we should think about how the kingdom can progress. How the church can do well. How the things we do can please God. Bedding for the kingdom work. And let me show you an example. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1 and 4. He said, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Achalia, it came to pass in the mouth of Chislev. And don't forget that, like I said, I said, be burdened wherever you are, whatever work you are doing, think about the kingdom. That is where God can bless you. People only, there are people who only come to church, when they come to church, before they begin to think about God. When they leave church, they forget about God. When they are at work, it's a different thing. So they serve God based on wherever they are. But God says that 24-7, anywhere you are, think about me. Be burdened about what I have to do. Because you are my extension wherever you are. We are God's extension at the workplace. We are God's extension in the home. We are God's extension in the environment. Everywhere we are, we are representing God. And he said, it came to an amount of Chislev in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Ananiah, one of my brethren, that is why he said, that Ananiah, one of the brethren came with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews. The guy was serving by his heart was in Jerusalem. Am I preaching to somebody here? He was serving by his heart was in Jerusalem. Wherever you are serving, is your heart still in the house? So he was there serving at the presidency, but his heart still was in the church. He wants to know what is going on in the church. I am not at the church, but what is going on? His heart was there. He said, I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left on the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burnt with fire. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Nehemiah doesn't need anything because in the palace where he is, he has all his supplies. The burnt down of the gates of Jerusalem the people in distress has nothing to do with him because he has a comfortable bed to sleep on. He has a nice food to eat. If he was living in a secure place, why should he weep? Why should he fast? Why should he cry? Because you see, he's begging for the things of God. When you are begging for the things of God, you will not think that you have your, you alone. You have what to eat. You have what to wear. You have what to drive. So you don't care about anything. You will always be concerned about the need of the house. When even you have not been called, you are bedding. How bedding are you? 
In a verse 2, he said, And it came to pass in the month of the Nisan, in the 20th year of King Atazazes, when wine was before him. When wine was, and it is a great taboo in their days because you are the one to, to test the thing before the king will taste it. Are you there with me? Because, and your mood is determining whether you are going to kill the king or not to kill the king. And in their days, if you look sad, instantly they suspect you. They will not even take you to parole to ask you anything. They cover your head with a cloth and carry you away and they behead you. So for Nehemiah to stand before the king at that time and looking sad is a recipe for death. He said, I'm standing the 20th of King Atazazes. When wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now, I had never been sad in his presence before because he cannot. Therefore, the king said to me, why is your face sad? And for the king to open his mouth and ask you, where is your face sad? He will not finish. He will carry you away. That's why Esther said, I cannot go because my time is not up. He said, since you are not sick, this is the king speaking, the king said, since you are not sick, this is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid. Why do you become? Because he knows the protocol that is there, that for the king to say this, I am dead. And said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad? When the city the place of my father's tombs lies wait, and it gates are bent with fire. Then the king said to me, what do you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said to the king, if it please the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tomb, that I may rebuild it. I am ready to even vacate my job and go to fix the problem of the kingdom. How ready are you to even let something go because of the kingdom. When Esther entered to the palace, he forgot about the kingdom. And Mordecai now comes and waking him up. He said, and Mordecai told them to answer Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance shall arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You are in the kingdom at such a time as this. So don't look at your shoulder to think somebody will do it. You are the one to fix it. You see, when we realize that in the kingdom we all have roles to play, our attitude will change. But sometimes we think some people have to do it and we are not part. But all of us are part. He said, then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My mates and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. The question is that, can you say the same thing? How burdened are you for kingdom things? If you are late to church, do you walk or do you run? If for one reason or the other you are not able to come to church, do you feel comfortable or you get worried? That is what we mean. What is our state of heart? The next thing. 
is giving to the kingdom's advancement. Giving to the kingdom's advancement. I share asked chapter 5 already. People give to the kingdom's advancement. What have you given to the kingdom? Sometimes I tell my child, I say, when we say we are going to do charity, bring things and let's go and give to the needy. Then you go and look through your things, the ones you are not wearing any longer, that are worn out, the shoes that you don't even love again. You collect them and you bring them and say, let's use that one to go and give it to charity. You have not given. Some you don't even wash it and all those and bring it. You have not given. But look through and get nice things and give it. The same looks for, seven four and five says that. And when they came here, they begged him and they said that the one for whom we should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. What have you built for the kingdom? What have you built? That God can refer to it. What have you built? What is it that you can identify with as your place? If you build a house and they give you a tractor or a bulldozer to pull it down, will it be easy? But if you didn't build it and they give you the bulldozer to pull it down, will you, will you do it easily? Oh, come on, will you do it easily? If you buy the car yourself and you see a portal, will you slow down? But if you didn't buy the car and you see a portal, what will happen? You run through it because the car is not yours. Anything you contributed to, you preserve and protect. But anything you don't contribute to, it's very easy for you to destroy it. So true sons and daughters of the house are those who have contributed to the house. Because they will protect it and watch over it. If you have not contributed to the house, you can't defend it because you have nothing to lose. So that is why God gives us the opportunity to give in his house. Because then we belong to the house. Because there is something of us there that will remind us of it. But when you don't have anything there, it doesn't matter. Anything goes. Chapter 1. Verse 1 to 11, quickly. He said, in the second year of King Dairos, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, this one, God was speaking to the house of God. To the children of God. Are you there with me? He said, the word of the Lord came to by, by a guy, the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shetiah, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Zedekiah, the high priest, saying, Thou speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, These people says, Which people? The Jews. The time has not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. But don't feel comfortable in Zion. I said, don't feel comfortable in Zion. Because your greatness is bigger than this place. So arise and run faster. Because there's something bigger ahead of you. He said, the Hebrew says, the time has not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by a guy, the prophet saying, is it time for you, yourselves, to dwell in your panel houses? And this temple to lie in ruins. Now, therefore, thou says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. And this is where I fear said, You have sown much and bring in little. You have sown what? Much and bring in what? Little. He said, You have sown much and bring in little. 
You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thou says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build a temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified. Sayest the Lord, you look for much. How many of us are not looking for much here? You look for much, but indeed it come to little. And when you brought it home, I blew on it. I blew on it away. Why? Sears the Lord of all. Because of my house that is in ruins. Why every one of you runs to his own house? Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew, and the earth withholds its fruits. For I call for a drought on the land and the mountains on the green and new wine and the oil on whatever the ground brings forth on men and livestock and all the labor of your hands. Let's do some test here. I'm a practical preacher. How many of us are not doing much but you're not seeing your money? You are, not, you are doing much. You are working. You are doing everything. But the money you are supposed to see in your hands, you are not seeing it. How many of you have had that experience? When I got saved and came into the church as a child of God, I understood tithing and understood offering. That is how far I have my knowledge. We love the things of God. We can dance and sweat. But ladies and gentlemen, I was broke more than anybody. I will do everything I need to do, but nothing is working for me. I love God. I pay my tithe. I give my offerings. Even my wedding suit was bigger than I do. My shoe, I couldn't buy. I have to go and look at the shoe and tell the woman I'll come and buy. I was not. One day I was buying, the woman said, come and pick the shoe because you are buying the shoe. Nobody is buying. She has no choice than to reduce the shoe and push it on my neck. And now when I pay this month, once you even finish paying. But I was a believer. I was serving, taking care of these children faithfully. When I came here, when I was leaving, I asked, I said, where are the children's department? Who was the one? There was, that was the first day. And they showed me and I went in there and taught the children. I love children. Because that was what I was doing. I was a trained teacher also and I taught also in Sunday school for a long time. Grew up through the ranks. Before I went to Bible school and everything. When I married, even the house I took my wife, my, my in-laws brought the woman, they returned. Because they said I cannot sleep there with their daughter. The truth of the matter is that the, there are no windows. The windows that are there are not covered. We are using waterproof. You know, you know waterproof. That's what we have used as windows to cover. So when it's going to rain, we release it. My fridge speaks in tongues more than you can speak in tongues. When I am falling under anointing, I'll fall strategically because something is wrong with my shoe. It's not because I don't want to fall. But I'll find a way to chop myself. But I love the Lord. And I pray. It was so terrible that I can't pay my light bill. I can't pay my water bill. I can't pay, if I, I was owing everything. I did my public relations advertising working in the... I thought when I moved from teaching and I upgraded myself, it would be better. I upgraded myself. I was working. We started Lapan Royal Beach Hotel in Ghana. I was working there in that place. And I was 
operating very well. At the end of every month, when they pay me my salary, as if I didn't collect the salary. And I'll be away. My wife is a cake designer and a floral whatever. She will work and nobody will pay. What fasting have I? I've already told you that I pray. So if it's about demons, they are afraid. Because I was praying. I was buying everything. I lacked truth and knowledge. And I said, any revelation you don't have, you can't progress. I was finding demons that does not even exist. Because I was frustrated. And then one day, the Lord said, the Spirit said, I will teach you. Because I thought that I know the scriptures. I can pray, I am anointed. Why should I go through what I am going through? And I'm serving in the house. But I forgot there is something I was not doing. And when I went in and sat down in church, it was a revival. The place was packed. It's a whole building with a top field. And a man of God was raising money for the church auditorium building. And he said, I am not here for a joke. I'm here for serious business. He was calling foreign currencies. And asking people that they should even close their account for their love for the kingdom and bring it so that the house of the Lord will be clothed and not be put to shame. And people were rising up. I was sitting behind. This is the pastor's room. I was sitting behind with my wife. The Holy Spirit said, Rise up and go. And go and clean the man of God's shoe. And sow the money you have into his life. The question is, how much do I even have? I was having, if somebody can convert, I was having 70 pesos. Ghana cities now is our 70 pesos now in Ghana. I don't know how much is Naira here. You can convert a check. But those days it was a city, one one city, seven. That was what. And we have to, we travel from some point to the church. So we need to go back with transportation. And before God, that was the only money we have on us. If that money goes, even the next day, I don't know what we are going to eat. Let alone what transport to take back. Whilst we sat there, the Holy Spirit, you know how the Holy Spirit is talking to you and you are still wanting to be stubborn. How many of you have understood what I'm saying? God tells you, take this money and give out and you are looking at the money and you are looking at yourself. He said, no, then I didn't hear right. Hello, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You, we sat where you sat before, so we know the whole thing. I was fighting with the Spirit and the Lord was dealing with me. All of a sudden, I didn't know what happened. I just got up from my seat. When I walked, my wife thought I was going to the loo. So she was not bothered. But when she saw that I was heading here, she bowed her head and started crying. My husband is going to disgrace us. When I bowed past my own bishop, he looked at me and bowed down and said, and did this. It's like, what is this boy going to do? You know you can be in church and everybody knows you are poor. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? So you can't convince anybody again. Because they know your state. And so they know that me walking to that man, I don't have anything. If even I said I am acting on faith, you know there's some faith when you are acting or it's questionable. <laughs> because you never even have expectation. <laughs> Where shall my help come from? I walk to the man. And the man of God's have armor bearers. So when you are coming, in order not to waste time, they will ask you. So how much do you want to give to the Lord? So you say it before you stand there, so they will tell, then you can continue. When the guys saw me, they started laughing. They don't know me from anywhere. 
I also don't know them. And I said to my, in my heart, I said, then the Lord has proven to me that he really said it. I came and stood there. I have my white handkerchief. I can't forget it. I like white handkerchief up to today because of a reason. So I stood there. And the man of God asked me, he said, my son, what can I do for you? I said, the Lord said I should clean your shoes. And so I see. Because that's what the spirit of the Lord told me. Then he laughed and ran and came back. He said, you are the one God spoke to me about. Clean my shoes. I went down to clean his shoes. You know what the Lord was teaching me? was teaching me humility and service. Kingdom culture. A lot of us are full of ourselves. We are too proud and we are too arrogant. Because we know how to pray. We know how to read the Bible. We have an anointing upon ourselves. We think we arrived. And so who am I to serve? You are supposed to be an usher, but you are not doing it. You are supposed to come and clean the church. You are not doing it. You are supposed to go and clean the loo and everything. You are not doing it. All that you think is that I'll come to church because I'm a manager. I'm this. You are there. It's blowing on your money. I went down when I finished. He said, what next? He said, I should give you. I put my hands in my pocket. Gave me the seven cities. He counted. He said, you are the one. He laid hands on me and prayed for me. He said, go. That very night before I was leaving the church, I have more than what I came with. All of a sudden, like yesterday, the example I gave you, the light were turned on. And me that people did not respect. That very night, I started receiving respect. My, I went to the Bible school. I was supposed to do four years. The Lord said, you are going to do three years because you have wasted your time. I said, but it cannot be possible because the thing is four years because I'm an accredited university. He said, I said three years. We'll see. Honest, before I get to second year, they've promoted me. Jack, I'm there. I finished my course in three years and not in four years. From that day, I didn't have my wedding suit again. I have suits. Now, to the glory of God, whatever I am doing and wherever I am, when I look at this and be in good health, even as your soul prosperous. Because remember, the seed that the centurion sowed, save his servant from dying. He built a synagogue. What have you built for the Lord? Because whatever we do for God counts in the heavens. The Shilomite woman made provision for God and he saw it. The widow Azarephah gave the last she has to Elijah but she never go back without anything. Joseph of Arimathea gave his tomb to Jesus to sleep in. He qualifies him for something. The guy with the five loaves of bread and two fishes had a multiplication of 12 baskets full. There is a kingdom culture. When we get it, we understand. In Islam, we know it. But when I came to Christianity, I said it's a lie. Have you ever wondered where Muslims do zakat? Why they give freely? Because it's a principle. The kingdom is about giving. It's about seed time and harvest time. Except a seed of the master fall onto the ground and dies, it abides alone. If you want to become great, learn how to go down. Learn how to save. Learn how to be committed. Learn how to sacrifice. Learn how to give. It will cost your time. It will cost your talent. cost your energy. cost your resources. But whichever way you are advancing in the kingdom. Because that is what makes you a kingdom citizen. And
very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Ligon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastlegon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435. You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. On Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. for our empowerment teaching service and Fridays at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. for our breakthrough prayer service. You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you. No greater power.